It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six to time. It is a Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. And yes, that cool front is moving. Well, cold front, bitter cold front is winter suckage from Canada is moving into the area. That's going to happen today. And I've got a timeline on when you're going to get it. So a lot of you in Wyoming actually have some time this morning and part of this afternoon, depending on where you are, to get some things done. Some of you, though, if you're north, like you're up in Gillette, for example, Sheridan, no, you're already in it. Trigger warning. Warning. Your host for this radio show occasionally utters offensive words like Merry Christmas. Some callers to this show might return the greeting. All opinions are welcome on Wake Up Wyoming, but woke holiday buzzkills will be canceled. In the same way, they are trying to cancel everyone else's good vibes. To our Jewish friends, Happy Hanukkah. And to the atheists out there, may the Big Bang be with you. And if none of that holiday jazz really floats your boat, remember, Festivus is for the rest of us. So I was looking at, and I posted a story on the Wake Up Wyoming site if you want to get a look at what I am looking at. There's a website slash app that I really like using. It's called Windy. Now, Windy provides a visual on what you're looking at for weather. So if you're looking at the wind, for example, you can see color codes on how intense it is, but also moving lines to show you how the wind is moving. And just so you know, here in Wyoming, there's a lot of wind out there right now. Parts of Wyoming are mostly the southern half of Wyoming, below Wyoming's Mason-Dixon line, if you will. Half of Wyoming below is really involved in a lot of wind this morning. That will get pushed out. Now, as far as the cold, another thing you can do with windy is take a look at uh, where clouds are, waves, and temperature as well. So I'm going to clip on temperature. And you can do this yourself. You can go to the Windy app and just click on temperature, and it'll show you. So if you're in Sheridan, Buffalo, Gillette, Moorcroft, places like that, Powell, Wyoming, you can see that bitter cold. They're already in the negative numbers. It's interesting to look at this. If I take a look at the town of Wright and Midwest, well, you guys are actually in the positive like 23 degrees. Wright is about 25 degrees. Newcastle, about 10 degrees. Gillette, Moorcroft, Buffalo, minus 10. I think Buffalo is like minus 17, Sheridan, minus 24 for Sheridan. And not surprising when you look at the higher elevations, they're actually warmer. The reason I say not surprising is, as Don Days explained to us, what happens is really cold air like this sinks low. It will sink to the bottom which means if you want to get warmer, go up in altitude. Yeah, it's an inversion happening here. So down the Bighorn Mountains, the Bighorns are actually much warmer than surrounding areas, like between Powell and Sheridan, which are either side of the Bighorn Mountains. Powell and Sheridan are in the negative numbers, but up on the Bighorns, it's actually quite a bit warmer. In fact, some of their peaks are like plus 13 degrees and so on. 
plus 25 degrees. Now, all of that's moving down slowly. Another thing you can do with the Windy app is start to slide it across to see who gets what when. So by the time we get to about 9 o'clock this morning, that cold moves past KC down I-25 uh, to about Midwest. Hasn't reached Casper yet by 9 o'clock this morning. Cody, other side of the Bighorns, and Matiti and Warland are now getting into the negatives. So let's move to about, uh, these are estimates, by about 11 o'clock. Casper, you've now got it. Glenrock, Douglas, you're now in Lusk. You're now into the negative numbers. And then I'll move over to about 1 p.m. Now it's down as far as Wheatland. And if I get to about 2 p.m., yeah, now we're finally down below Wheatland, below Chugwater, heading towards Cheyenne. And it's not until about later this afternoon that Cheyenne starts to get it, as well as Rawlins, Hannah, so on. Let's just switch right over. See, this is a slow mover. So I'm going to go to about, let's see, 2 o'clock in the morning on Thursday. Now completely encompasses most of Wyoming, except the extreme west, which has the big mountains over there, like the Tetons and so on. But most of Wyoming is deep in this cold, and it's starting to get down into Colorado. That's where we are right now with the motion of all of this. Again, there's a story in the Wake Up Wyoming website that has all of this, so you can take a look at what I'm talking to you about. But you can also find a link to the Windy website or download the app for them. And you can then go ahead and um, just follow how they predict that this is going to move all the way down. Slowly but surely. So that's why I say a lot of you across Wyoming, you've got a few hours during the morning to get a few things done before this serious cold moves into the area. Now, what they always have to do for, and you don't see much of that in Wyoming, we don't have a whole lot for television news. But there are across well, when we get to colorado for example they're going to have to send reporters outside the news the weatherman will have to go outside to report on this i don't know why they never put the weatherman outside on nice days but these guys aren't happy about it david watson's been monitoring traffic but first we go to ryan marshall who's out monitoring the snowfall ryan what's it look like out there yeah uh it looks like snow just like i predicted in my forecast from the studio. I'm not sure why I'm out here literally looking around. It looks like snow. You could just take a video of it snowing and show that. Why do I have to be here to describe snowfall? It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Seems like the cold has gotten you in an icy mood yourself, Ryan. Okay, you know what, Shannon? I am in an icy mood, okay? Nice pun, by the way. All right, I was just standing out here for 20 minutes waiting for you guys to throw to me, and I was just, oh, doing some thinking. I spent $120,000 on a degree and four years in college to come out here and look around and describe what I see. I literally learned that in kindergarten, I spy. It makes zero sense. Also, you know what else I was thinking while we're at it? When it's like a nice day or sunny, you never send me out to the lake or to the pool for a live shot, but oh, when there's a hurricane or snowing or a blizzard or a flood, send me out there. I'll cover it. Perfect. I guess you have a point there, Ryan. We're looking at these reports and the forecast doesn't look good. People are worried. Have you spoken to any locals? <laughs> 
look around. Does there look like there's any locals out here? Everything is closed. Everyone is inside. The only reason I'm outside is to tell people not to come outside. What am I doing with my life? Well, you sure are brave, Ryan. Any word on what we can expect overnight? Uh, yeah, more of this. Actually, 12 to 18 inches more of this. But don't worry, guys. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I got this sleeveless vest that you guys make me wear. My literal fingers are about to freeze off. I got frostbite. But, oh, it's fine because we got the logo in the shot. Great. I've always wondered about that. Why not send the weatherman outside or the reporters outside when it's really nice so they can show what a nice day it is and encourage people to go outside? When it's really miserable and you're saying to people, don't go outside, they're outside saying, don't go outside. Why not have the reporters and the weatherman inside saying, I'm not going out there. It's just miserable out there. You shouldn't go out there either. Then on the nice days, have them outside saying, see how nice this is? You should be out here with me. 615, wake up, Wyoming. K2 Radio. Got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. So the first day of winter officially is today. That's when this big uh, cool front moves into the area just before Christmas, too. All makes a whole lot of sense. Right? All right, triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? Eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Again, most for most of you, not those of you up in Gillette places like that. For most of you, the cold doesn't really hit until later this morning. Keep you up to date on that. Now, you might have heard. I even saw some video of the aftermath. Looked absolutely brutal. Of that airline that was the plane was flying from Hawaii back to the mainland. And they hit some kind of turbulence. And I always, when I'm on a flight, keep my seatbelt buckled. Unless I get up, which I hardly ever do, I am buckled. Some people didn't do that. And, of course, they got flung up. Some people actually hit their heads on the ceiling. Damage was done to them and, you know, of course, the bins and so on up above them. It was pretty brutal. It was absolute. And I was waiting for this to happen, and it did. I knew this was going to happen. Headline, CBS News. Airline passengers might need to brace for more turbulence thanks to climate change. That's what I was waiting for. Look, turbulence happens. It is rare that you get something that an airplane will get into that, that is that big, but it happens. It has always happened. There's nothing new here. But, of course, they got to push their, their narrative, right? Story says, and this is from Climate Depot. They put out stuff like this almost on a daily basis, so look for Climate Depot website. A few incidents this past year have highlighted one-of-a-kind unpleasant experiences you might end up having on airplanes. Turbulence, for one. And these kinds of incidents, like that, might be getting more common. A union representing flight attendants is warning, thanks to climate change, severe weather increases chances of turbulence, and due to climate change, these kinds of incidents will only grow. According to a spokesperson for the Association of Flight Attendants telling CBS News. 
I, this had nothing to do with human activity. When they say climate change, they mean you pumping CO2 into the air because of the vehicle you drive and coal power plants and stuff like that. That's why those passengers hit the ceiling. All right, now, they... Let me see, here's a subline here. Computer models have predicted climate change and increased carbon dioxide levels up in the jet stream... Uh, and leading to more serious episodes by 2050. There's a couple of articles. So they've been talking about this for quite some time. Back in 2014, NBC News. Fasten your seatbelts. Climate change could be more airline turbulence. And this was a, they have a story here that talks about turbulence back in 2014. And again, they have to blame it on human beings that we have. Then there's a 2016 paper from the Guardian newspaper over in the UK. It is predicted there will be more incidents of severe clear air turbulence, which typically comes out of the blue with no warning whatsoever, occurring in the near future as climate change takes its effect in the atmosphere. And again, as CO2 levels in the atmosphere are rising, we're going to have more turbulence up there. Okay, once again, every time something like this happens, it's got to be because of human-caused climate change. So here we are, first day of winter, right? We have this serious cold front that's moving into the area. And the serious cold front is gripping the nation. I'm watching... News channels all over the country. I've been watching this all morning long as news channels all over the country go sending their reporters outside to talk about how brutal the weather is going to be. Airlines are already canceling flights in preparation for part of this. Road travel, they worry about that. For those trying to get home for Christmas time, oh, it's going to be brutal out there. You're going to have a tough time doing it, and you are. Now, what I haven't seen yet, but I'm waiting for this. It's going to happen. This cold snap we're going through right now is going to be blamed on you. Climate change. Yeah, human activity. That's why we're having this cold snap. Any bad weather event is going to be your fault. And the idea that all we have to do is dial back the CO2 level and the weather stabilizes and we don't have bad weather anymore? Yeah, the the people who are in the cult of climate change actually believe that. I.D. John Morning Glenn, when the captain puts the flight attendants in their seat, it's going to be bad. Yeah. I understand, though, that, John, that at least what I heard of this story, that turbulence kind of came out of the blue. They literally out of the blue sky. They didn't expect it to happen. It's not like they were going through turbulence and then suddenly. It's just suddenly they hit something, and it tossed a bunch of people around. So it was unexpected. Rihanna, for danger, morning, Glenn, it's so cold and windy that Ron the Bigfoot went out to take a leak. His, yeah, pee froze. Okay. Um, it's going to get worse, by the way. I'm taking a look. I'm going to go back to, here again, the Windy app, which is you can also go to the website for Windy as well and take a look at it. And the real wind, what, here's what gets me. When I look at the wind around the nation, there's not much. As far as wind is concerned, it's really calm out there, except Wyoming. 
Yeah, one state has heavy winds. It's the southern part of Wyoming, or below Wyoming's Mason-Dixon line, if you will. But the southern half of Wyoming has some serious winds out there. And we're talking, uh, let's say, uh, from Midwest. And there is a part up in right that's also windy. But anyway, from uh, Midwest on down, there's areas that are uh, heavy winds right about now. But when I look at the rest of the nation, it's pretty calm out there wind-wise. Just Wyoming has it right now. I don't know why particularly us at this point, but – and that will calm down as the cold air comes moving in. But let's get back to what do you want to bet? In fact, let me see if I can find – let's see. There's a couple of other websites that have to do with climate here. See if anyone else – no, not that – um, I'm waiting to see if anyone else has said yet that this cold snap that we're going through is due to man-made climate change. There's several websites that pull this these stories up. No, not there. Okay. Well, if I find one, I'll let you know. But I'm thinking between today and tomorrow, at some point, it's going to be miserable out there enough Let's see, Saturday, nope, okay. That somebody, just like I knew that they would blame the turbulence on that airplane on human beings. And it's going to get worse out there because of you. That's causing turbulence. Well, CO2 doesn't cause turbulence. Again, the idea that you just dial back the CO2 and the atmosphere calms down and we have less turbulence up there. Yeah. Talk about junk science. This is not even science deniers. These are people who don't understand basic science or basic meteorology. But anytime something bad happens, they have to point and say, well, it's human beings. A lot like that hurricane that hit my hometown of Sanibel Island and just ripped it apart right away. Even the president said, well, this settles the argument about climate change. It absolutely does not. It's a hurricane. Hurricanes happen. Hurricanes have been happening for billions of years. This cold front that we have coming through, is a, it's a big one. But we've had these before. In fact, the last time we had one of this magnitude was back in the 1980s. Oh, and don't forget, one of my favorite things to point out, we were not supposed to have snow anymore. That was supposed to end year 2000. I read a list yesterday about things that they predicted that were supposed to change or come to an end even. And snow was supposed to come to an end. It was supposed to be a thing of the past. So when it snows today, and most of you listening to me right now are going to get snow, remember, grab your kids. I know it's going to be brutally cold out there, but rush them outside. Show them what the snow is. I know they grew up in Wyoming, but obviously they have no idea what snow is. So you're going to have to explain to them. Morning, Grandpa. Grandpa Rich in Thermopolis. It's windy in Wyoming. Yep. Southeastern Wyoming like Laramie. Yeah. Uh, It's going to be that way for a good part of Wyoming this morning. Again, the front moves through slowly. So right now it's like Gillette, Sheridan, Buffalo, uh, up in Moorcroft, Wyoming. Places like that are rating the sub-zeros, and it's slowly moving down. So it'll take a while. It'll take uh, pretty much the whole day for it to get all the way down south. 
But we'll have Don Day coming on in a few minutes. Remember, uh, 6.45, he has an extended report. At 7.45, he joins me live, and we'll talk about this front and how it moves through, and then the exit strategy on all of this. And for those of you who wanted to go see family for this holiday, today's probably the good day to travel if you want to get ahead of all of this. Coming up on local news. Update on your weather forecast right after that. Then you and I get back into it. Morning, Greg. Today's temperatures are dropping. It's colder than an ex-wife's kiss, he says. (laughs) Tomorrow to be uh, colder than a divorce lawyer's heart. Let's wake up, my Thirty-six to time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, hold everything. They already did it. I knew they were going to do this. I'm just waiting for it. They already did it. I'm watching a news channel over here, and they have on the crawler underneath as they talk about this big winter storm moving across the entire country. They've used the phrase bomb cyclone already. Now, the idea of a bomb cyclone, actually meteorologists came up with the term. When you see a weather system moving across America in a big spinning motion, which would be like a cyclone effect, right? And then it dumps a whole lot of moisture at once. Okay, that would be the bomb effect. So meteorologists started calling that a bomb cyclone effect. This current weather system is not cyclonic. It's not spinning. It's moving across the nation, but there's nothing spinning here. It will drop quite a bit of snow in some areas, but that's just what winter storms do. But they have to throw out bomb cyclone because they, well, they're trying to make it sound as exciting as possible. Bomb cyclone. What's a bomb cyclone? I don't even know what to do. If it was a snowstorm or a blizzard, I would know what to do. What What do I do? In a bomb cyclone? Oh, my God. Yeah. Bomb cyclone. I don't know. You can't just go ahead and call it some kind of a weather event, can you? Now, you, you can't just turn and say, we're getting a lot of cold and a lot of snow today. What the media needs to do is hype it as much as possible in the hopes of keeping your attention and keeping you glued to the television, the radio, whatever, websites and so on. Remember, as I told you, I learned this when I was on my high school newspaper. And I started saying this back in high school. The media does not report news. They report controversy and hype. And when they cannot find it, they will create it. In this case, yes, this storm is, uh, this winter Arctic blast coming in is going to, well, shut some things down for a couple of days. It's going to be miserable for a couple of days. And absolutely worth reporting on. Yes, we need news channels out there like we're going to be doing on these radio stations that carry this program. But also your apps, your news apps will be delivering whatever you need to know about this. But all you really need to know is next couple of days are really going to be cold, miserable out there. You should be stocked up and just wait it out until this thing clears. There, that's all you need to know. 
but they have to keep you glued. So they'll come up with things like, again, bomb cyclone. That's what I'm looking at right now on the television. It's on the crawler underneath as they talk to different people from around the country. Bomb cyclone to try to make it sound as bad as they possibly can to keep you glued. That's what they consider their job to be. Now, of course, climate activists are going to grab this. This is why I say by this time tomorrow, I if I could, I would just lay some money if I could somewhere. Who wants to bet me? By this time tomorrow, I bet you it's a bet you shouldn't take because I'll win it. By this time tomorrow, this big cold snap is going to be blamed on you, on human activity. Yeah, it's all your fault that this is happening. If it was too warm, that would be your fault. Meantime, I'm going to be reminding people today and tomorrow, you're going to, if you're in Wyoming, you're going to be keeping nice and well, nice and warm through this whole thing because we have coal-fired power plants. We have natural gas power plants, and that's what's going to keep us nice and toasty. For Americans across the country, as they are nice and snug in their homes, it's either going to be natural gases of some kind. You know, they might be burning propane or whatever. They might live in an all-electric house. That's another possibility. That's what's actually going to keep people warm through this whole thing. Now, you would think, remember, we switched over to global warming a while ago, that you're supposed to be going through, uh, well, no winter, really. This whole winter thing isn't supposed to be happening anymore. So if it does happen and we get a good cold snap, that wasn't supposed to happen and it's your fault. If it doesn't happen and things are a bit on the unseasonably warm side, that's not supposed to happen and it's all supposed to be your fault. Chet and Yoder. What is the storm's name? They name them now. Yes, they did name this. Uh, someone told me yes. I'll see if I can look that up. Of course, they have to name it because, well, of course, it adds to the hype of the headline, right? I'll see if I can look that up. Meantime, Don Day, Day Weather has an extended forecast. So I'm going to let you hear that. We'll, I'll talk to him live at 745. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Wyoming from Boring Morning Radio. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So I can see we're still looking for the name of this storm. But I did find the system for naming these storms. I was head over to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. So why don't we just call it Frank? Yeah, okay. We'll call it Storm Frank. Yeah. Yeah, just because it's miserable and likes to complain yeah, a lot. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. yeah so okay. so it'll, be, it'll be perfect. You know, but we're hardy souls around we'll, here. We'll get fine. 30 below, 50 below, yeah, 100 we'll below. Good. We're out there still doing yeah, what we, we have We have do. this morning, by the way, until it hits us where we are. But people up in Gillette, Buffalo, and so on, they're already in it. So it's just going to take a while to get down here. Yeah. You had mentioned, and I did watch the video of it. Too bad I couldn't. I didn't know about it or I would have gotten closer. So this uh, B-1 bomber was doing touch-and-goes yeah, at the airport. It's a long airplane. Oh, Lord. There's a video it's a this. loud airplane. It's a loud airplane. It's long. And Casper and Cheyenne are the two runways in Wyoming. That are long enough. Long yeah. enough to handle this sucker. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy nuts, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's just crazy. I would be able to, because I got one of those airport passes there, 
to go beyond because those guys were back behind the fences and all and shooting video of that. I would have been able to get pretty close if I had known that that was going to happen, but they don't announce these things. Well, no, they just kind of arrive and yeah. whoever has their phone out, like, yeah. like, hey, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> big sucker coming in and doing touch and goes and so on. We got some really interesting airplanes that like to come in out of there. Well, for the length of length of Casper's runway, number one. Yeah. I mean, well, stuff from Ellsworth. Yeah. You know, probably all, I mean, all it, over the place. When yeah. it gets really windy, that's when they like to practice. The, the video I saw, he did a great. Oh, yeah, did, did a fantastic job of that. I like the fact that those wings move so he could bring them out nice and wide and get a nice stable landing out of that. Fun to watch that kind of stuff. If you do hang out at the two big airports in Wyoming, of course, Cheyenne and Casper, if you hang out at those airports long enough, now and then something comes in and you look at it and go, what the hell is that? What are they doing? I got a chance to talk to some fighter pilots. One guy uh, was flying an airplane. It's an American fighter plane, but it was painted black with a red star on it. Okay. And I asked him what that was all about. And he says, well, my group, we play the bad guys. Right. When we go up there to practice. They're, they're the bears. He was in Cheyenne. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he had landed just to refuel in Cheyenne and move on. Had a nice chat with the guy. But, uh, yeah, I thought they need an adversary. So why not just grab some one of our planes and paint it black and put a star on it? Have no idea who that could be. I don't know. What no, 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 about. no, no, no. Women's college basketball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls beat Wichita State last night on the road, sixty-one fifty-six. Grace Ellis chucked in a three-pointer with one hundred five to play to break a fifty-six all-time, giving UW their first true road win of the year and handing Wichita State their first home loss of the year. Cowgirls have watched a thirteen-point lead in the second quarter disappear, but this is a quality win. Ellis finished with twelve points. Quinn Whiteman thirteen. Allison Ferdy, the Douglas native, had sixteen points and eighteen rebounds. Wyoming is seven and four on the year. Wichita State is nine and three. UW will play at UNLV a week from tomorrow. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be in Phoenix tonight to meet St. Mary's in the Jerry Colangelo Classic. The Pokes are coming off a stagnant performance in Chicago on Saturday as they lost to Dayton 66-49. So UW needs to tighten the screws on both ends of the floor. St. Mary's from the West Coast Conference is 9-4. They've beaten nationally rated San Diego State so far this year. They made the NCAA tournament a year ago as a 5 seed. That's a 6-30 start tonight from Phoenix. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. In women's junior college basketball, Casper College rated 10th 10th in the country, improved the 12 and 2 with a 70 to 58 win over Utah State Eastern in Vegas yesterday. Selena Arlen had 19 points to lead the way for Casper, and Kelly Walsh grad Logan Alvar chipped in 13. The Tibers will play Salt Lake City Community College this afternoon at 2:30 in Vegas. In high school basketball, the Natrona girls team in Vegas for a tournament. The Phillies lost to West Jordan, Utah yesterday, 60 to 59, after a nice rally after being down 12. And C will play at Desert Hills, Utah today at 3:40. In boys high school basketball from over the weekend on Friday at the Flaming Gorge. Term in Sweetwater County. Kelly Walsh beat Lyman 63-42. The Toronto lost to Star Valley 67-43. Pinedale over Cheyenne South 75-51. Cheyenne Central beat Fort Collins 75-66 in the Greeley Tournament. Laramie over Greeley West 76-39. Cheyenne East played in the Windsor Tournament. They beat Campbell County 76-40. Also in boys play on Friday. Glenrock lost to Thermopolis 70-63. KC lost twice on Friday 66-55 to Southeast and 79-41 to Lincoln Fort Laramie. In boys action from Saturday 
Saturday, Kaliwasby Westside, Idaho, 6455 in the Flaming Gorge. Jackson Nip Natrona, 4238 in that same tournament. Cheyenne Central over Greeley West, 59 to 30. Laramie lost to Fort Collins, 7556. Cheyenne East defeated Del Norte, Colorado's 5646, and lost to Resurrection Christian, 7572 in overtime. That's it in sports. I do have, but I'm saving them for tomorrow. A list of essential it's so cold jokes. Oh, okay. Yeah, now it's already. Well, you know what? We'll need anything to warm our oh, hearts exactly up. Exactly you know? right. I already have this up on the Wake Up My Own website for people who want to peruse those jokes ahead of time. I, I saw a frozen bubble from they like like they used like Dove yes detergent. This and yeah. they make the bubble and then it just starts to freeze oh. over. This was just in Warland this morning. Fun to watch that and also when it gets really cold to step outside with a boiling cup of water and throw it into the air. I'm not going outside to do that. For yeah, no, water, I'll watch no. somebody else do that. Yeah. From Florida. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> Coming up on some local business, we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that national local update on the weather forecast. Oh, hey, Acasio Googly Eyes Cortez is really mad about the minimum wage and other stories we need to take a look at. We'll do that in the 7 o'clock hour with your phone calls. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, wake up Wyoming. It's Wake Up Wyoming. That cold front has moved across Sheridan, Buffalo, Gillette, more for all places like that, slowly working its way down. And we'll keep you up to date on that throughout the course of this morning, because that is an important news for our areas that serious cold snap moves in. Trigger warning. Warning. Your host for this radio show occasionally utters offensive words like Merry Christmas. Some callers to this show might return the greeting. All opinions are welcome on Wake Up Wyoming, but woke holiday buzzkills will be canceled. In the same way, they are trying to cancel everyone else's good vibes. To our Jewish friends, Happy Hanukkah. And to the atheists out there, may the Big Bang be with you. And if none of that holiday jazz really floats your boat, remember, best of us is for the rest of us. So I'm glad I get to dig this out and use it as we're heading into the new year. Googly eyes Ocasio-Cortez every so often has to open up her big mouth. You know what that sounds like, right? And I get to go through the googly eyes Ocasio-Cortez songs to figure out which one best fits the intro. Goodbye. That one, and then of course the famous Marty Feldman's eyes, which by the way, that look on her face is just going to get worse as she gets older. Which song, I don't know. I'll just keep playing those until one. I, you know something? I think I'd just keep them all. 
I'll just do that from now on. Now, Googly Eyes, once again, wants to talk as if she's the expert in something, which to me is always hysterical. Uh, one time she was talking, she does these uh, little video casts to her followers. People actually think that she's smart or something. And she whispered into the microphone and camera, most people don't know what capitalism is. And I'm thinking, hey, Googly Eyes, you don't know what capitalism is. Recently, she once again lamented that we don't have a proper minimum wage law and blames the Republicans. Minimum wage! Yeah! Once again, when it comes to economics, Googly Eyes has absolutely no idea what she's talking about. So, okay, from the story that's in front of me here, it doesn't say Googly Eyes, it says AOC. Swipes, well... They have to get with it and put proper terminology in there so people know who we're talking about. AOC swipes Republicans over not supporting a minimum wage raise and gets reminded that Democrats killed the bill. By the way, what's the – with inflation, what is it supposed to be now? Because for a while they picked the arbitrary $15 an hour. What is it supposed to be now with inflation? Story says, after two years under Biden administration, President Biden touting his own economic accomplishments while Americans are still living paycheck to paycheck. In a tweet on Monday, googly eyes Ocasio-Cortez suggested Republicans were to blame for Congress failing to raise the minimum wage last year, despite Democrats having a majority in the House, majority in the Senate, and the presidency. 60% of workers living paycheck to paycheck, she tweeted. AOC said, and yet the Republicans still vote against raising the minimum wage. While her tweet was likely intended to be a swipe at Republicans, Twitter fact check jumped into the conversation to add context to her claim, showing that both parties are to blame. The minimum wage has not changed since 2009, the fact check wrote showing both parties have had adequate time to pass a minimum wage raise, and neither has. As recently as 2021, Congress took up consideration of a bill that would raise the minimum wage, and yet the Democrats, despite the Democrats controlling the House, controlling the Senate, and having the presidency, they voted it down. Democrats introduced a bill that, unlike AOC's tweet, suggests the bill had bipartisan support and also had opposition from both Republicans and Democrats. Quote, in 2021, Congress voted on a bill to raise a minimum wage. It passed 231 to 199 in the House, the fact check wrote. The bill was opposed by 192 Republicans, eight Democrats. The bill failed to clear the Senate. Uh, Blocked 58 to 42 in the Senate, seven Democrats and one independent voted against it. According to the Department of Labor, the federal minimum wage is currently $7.25 per hour after it was increased July 24, 2009. And then it goes on to the history of minimum wage and so on. Now, here's something I always like to remind people whenever I bring a story like this up. Some years ago, when I was sort of, I got done home carrying my dad, I grabbed a job before I got back into radio, just a retail job. 
and I had a lot of college students working for me, and the minimum wage was going to be raised. And they were all excited about it. Now, these college students got minimum wage plus commission on what they sold. So they were actually doing pretty good. Right? Well, they were all excited about getting this raise. There was one young man that every time he got his paycheck, he would go through the mall to the – there was a bank in the mall. And he would stop and deposit most of the check and then take some cash – this was just his thing he did every time he got paid. And he would walk up to the other side of the mall to a McDonald's and always get the same thing for lunch. That was his paycheck reward to give himself some McDonald's. Well, after he got his minimum wage increase, he came back looking a little distraught. They raised the prices at McDonald's. Why would they do that? And I looked at him and said, well, how do you think they're going to pay for the minimum wage increase. If McDonald's is going to pay its employees more, then they're going to have to charge more in order to do that. So we already have inflation. A lot of news has been, well, dominated by inflation. A lot of economic news has been dominated by inflation over the past couple of years. So there are those who are saying, well, we have to pay people more. But if you pay people more, what does that do to inflation? In, there's a lot of things that a minimum wage increase does. Sometimes people lose their jobs over a minimum wage increase. But in many other cases, in order to pay for it, a company has no choice but to raise the cost of its products. So what good is your increase in pay if everything went up in price to pay for that? Right. Something that, once again, Googly Eyes Cortez never looks into. But I wonder, was she surprised that, no, probably not because Elon Musk is there, that she was actually Facebook, uh, uh, I'm sorry, she was actually fact-checked by Twitter? I bet that would have never happened before Elon Musk. 7.15, wake up Wyoming. Wyoming Mobile App. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Now, I'm sorry to report to you today that once again there was a major earthquake in California. You probably heard that news story all over the place yesterday. Major earthquake in California, and yet California is still attached to the rest of North America. I know a lot of you were hoping it would at least drift off into the ocean, maybe even sink, but it's still there, and I'm sorry about that, but maybe next earthquake. I root for it every single time. You probably also heard this from yesterday. I thought it was absolutely hysterical. That James Cameron film, Avatar 2, of course, the buzzkills out there. I haven't seen it. I tried watching Avatar 1. It was technologically amazing, but I just wasn't into the storyline. So I didn't really get into it. I thought it had some lazy writing and some mediocre acting. So I wasn't all that into it. But technologically, it was outstanding to watch. So this next one has even better technology, but I just really wasn't interested in it. Still, though, here comes the cult of Buzzkill. They don't like 
Avatar 2 or 1 because of cultural appropriation. Do you know of any blue people out there? Maybe there are. I don't know. And by the way, Rotten Tomatoes film critic Katharina Woods, I guarantee you no relation, has roundly mocked, roundly mocked on Twitter after she claimed Avatar sequel was guilty of cultural appropriation of people of color. Yeah, white people were playing blue people. Well, black people were playing blue people too. What about that? By the way, white is a color. Woods, no relation, who writes for the Philadelphia Tribune. And for those people who haven't heard, I'll remind you once again, I call it Philadelphia because, well, go there. You'll find out. Okay, sometimes she writes for NBC. Called out James Cameron, The Way of Water, because of white actors playing the role of fictional native people on some fictional other planet. At some point, we've got to talk about cultural appropriation, she said. And people did talk about it, and she was heavily ridiculed. Yeah, I like this one from Andrew Kerr. James Cameron didn't even try to find native blue people to play those roles. He's being sarcastic, of course, in that. I mean, And, and here's another one, a uh, guy named Adams. It's true. It's disgusting. James Cameron didn't cast actual... Actors from what, Navi, is that the name of these people? Actors in the movie about Navis. Well, first off, you would have to find the planet and then hope that the actual uh, beings on the planet were blue. So they had to go. Nine-foot-tall blue aliens can only... <laughs> I like this one. Dan O'Donnell. Only nine-foot-tall blue aliens can play nine-foot-tall blue aliens, apparently. So, again, she was just raked over the coals on that one. But this is where I say, let them talk. I See, I don't want to ever cancel anyone. I want people to come on with their opinions. And if they're this foolish, let them be. I don't need to criticize them. I found over the years one of the best things to do is when a foolish person is talking, let them talk. I don't need to argue with them. They destroy themselves as they talk. On that note, here's a headline for you. Uh, a couple of them, I see. Uh, apparently, you're supposed to stop having children. Yeah, because of climate change. Several media outlets and talking heads have encouraged parents to rethink having children because human beings, even the small ones, cause climate change and global destruction. Now, my thought to that is fine. I, no, I think that's a great idea. You first. Those who think that, you stop. I have been saying for years that you people should not be breeding, should not be adding kids to the human race. So please, you start. We'll follow your lead. News and op-ed headlines came out unabashed supportive, having few or even zero children in the coming years. One example, NBC News. If this is actually called NBC News Think. Science proves kids are bad for Earth. <laughs> Actually says that. Morality suggests we stop having them. Another headline from The Guardian declared, The answer to saving the planet is simple. Want to save the planet, have fewer children, or none at all? A climate reporter posed a similar question to parents 
and parents-in-waiting at a Washington Post meeting earlier in the month. Should you not have kids because of climate change? It's complicated. No, I don't think it's complicated at all. I really honestly do not think this is complicated. It's very simple. Those of you who think this way, I have been saying for decades, you should not breed. Please stop. The analysis, the story says, is a piece promoted climate guilt over having children, telling the story of one mother who couldn't shake the feeling that giving birth, she might be doing something bad for the earth. As a result, she and her husband decided that having a child, a single child, could fulfill their desires without putting undue burdens on an overheating world. Overheating world. Overheating world. Let me see. Let's go check the temperatures out there. See, right now, it is 32 degrees where I am, but I'm going to go to that app I was telling you about this morning. How are you guys up there in Gillette and Buffalo doing with an overheating world right about now? Let's see. Temperatures, minus 22 in Buffalo, minus 20 in Sheridan. Casey is minus 22. Midwest, minus 17. Wright, minus 11. Gillette, minus 15. Moorcroft, minus 11. Sundance, minus 6. Powell's, minus 13. Cody's, minus 13. And all of that's going to be moving down toward the rest of the state during the course of this morning, slowly but surely taking over the country. That's an overheating earth for you. Now, earlier this month, ABC's Good Morning America interviewed a meteorologist on whether we should not have children at all. And this meteorologist issued a personal one for her uh, recounting of a tense encounter with her sister over discussion of a second child. When I was pregnant with my second child, my sister said in disappointment, I don't think you were going to do that again for the planet, she said. You should have adopted or something. Once again, people who think like this, I am with you. You folks should quit having kids. Not because you're not good for the planet. You're not good for the human race. We need to breed stupidity out. Good Morning America featured celebrity quotes Prince Harry and pop star Miley Cyrus in support of limiting children. Oh, please, if anyone should limit children, it's Prince Harry and Miley Cyrus. Do you want more of them? I don't. So please, don't breed. Prince Harry said that he would only have two kids. That's two too many for him. And Cyrus said, until I feel like my kid would live on an earth with uh, fish in the water... I'm not bringing another person to deal with that. Okay, well, again, Miley, please don't have kids. There's a whole bunch of us out here that are wishing that you just not breed. October 2021, CNN featured two women who express anxiety over having children because of climate change. I, I am fully 100% in support of these folks not having children and not bleeding, uh, breeding. Please don't. Do the human race a favor. If aliens came down to meet the human race, I would be embarrassed that you guys were here. So please don't breed. Coming up on 7.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it. Wake up, Wyoming.
listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven thirty-six. The time. It's wake up, my homie. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me, and thanks to people who've been sending me notes off the app. So, by the way, Wake Up Wyoming has an app, free at your app store. You can listen to the program off your phone, live, or later because the program becomes a podcast without news and most commercials are gone to condense it down for you. So there's that. Plus all those funny bits we play. Yeah, season two of Wyoming Altered States is there as well. So that's all available. Also the chat option. So let's see, I just got one from... Maddie from Kimball. The left has solved their own problem. Depopulation. Breed out stupidity. Exactly what I'm talking about. See, what she did was just hit the chat button and send me a text. So you can call the program and get into a conversation with me on air, 888-97-WOODS, or here's some of the people around the area. Bev is in Glendo. Uh, Don is in Laramie. Fire Pit Paul is in Cheyenne. Mark is in Centennial. Redbeard is in Guernsey. Avocado is in Laramie. Larry's in Casper. Sister Deer is in Lake Wales, Florida. Tom Torrington. Reefer Casper. Aidy John, Granite Canyon. Grandpa Rich Thermopolis. Chet Yoder. Rianne Fort Danger. DJ is in Gillette. Jim is in Casper and Greg is in Cheyenne. To name a few people who just drop me notes when I'm on the air in the morning, and I appreciate that, and I answer back to Just another way of getting the conversation going while I'm on the air here. So if you don't want to call or don't have time to call, send me a text. Just use the chat option on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Okay, now, another headline for you. Liberals don't want you to buy a home, but then wouldn't you be homeless? Well, let's see. The consensus... There's no consensus in anything, but okay. That home ownership is preferable to renting obscures quite a few rotten truths about when home ownership doesn't work out and whom it doesn't work out for. And the gains for some are losses for others. Speaking in uh, average, well, it, for the average home experience, for many people, home ownership is largely a beneficial enterprise, but for some, Particularly young, middle-aged people, not so much. Okay, so let me see. Uh, get to the top of the story. For those of you with some experience in the process of buying a home, you're likely familiar with various complications and pitfalls about homeowners. It's not for everybody. There are many factors to consider. But it really comes down to, for those on the left, though, you owning your own property. And that's mainly been their objection to the idea that you can actually own your own property and be in charge of it, and it is yours. And you're the ultimate authority on that property, and this is what they don't like. The idea of – there are those on the hardcore, the hardcore left that would like to end all property, private property ownership altogether – this is what they hope to do someday, to end all private property ownership. And everything is owned by the collective. Now, I fall down on the idea of home ownership is for some, but not always good for everybody. Depends on what you're doing or even at what stage of life that you're in. But the idea of ending all private property ownership, especially because they want some committee somewhere 
to be able to decide where you can live, how you can live. Remember, there's been a lot of talk among those on the hardcore left about organizing society. It's a big difference between those on the left and those on the right. Those who are the right-wingers want freedom, liberty. You get to make your own choices. You get to say, I choose this career, I choose to live in this town, I want to buy that house, or maybe I'll get an apartment or a condo, whatever. These decisions are yours. Life is not decided for you. You get to decide how you want to do this as an individual. Then there are those who don't like the idea of individualism, and they would rather organize society. And by organizing society, well, you're going to live in these nice downtown areas and these nice apartments, and you're not going to be able to own your own automobile, and you're not going to actually own your house at all. This is their idea of an organized society, which they think that form of collectivism is better, even though it's never worked anywhere it's ever been tried. Um, okay. CJ, I'll answer that question in just a moment. Here's some more. Steve is in Casper. He sent me an image. My sister in Lake Wales. Big fuzzy socks are awesome. Ah, I got Miss Mary for Christmas. I gave them to her early because of the storm that's coming, the, win the winter weather. Really big, big fuzzy socks to wear while she's at her desk. Keep you warmer than anything else. 742, wake up Wyoming. Have you missed your favorite at Glenn Woods? Did you just hit the snooze? Really? This is AM 1030. 7.45 time to wake up Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. And we know that we have the smart meteorologist because when it comes to nasty weather, he gives that forecast from inside, not outside. Right? <laughs> yes. I'm not one of those that stands in front of a camera in, in a hurricane. Right. No. Yeah. It's not, middle it's of a hurricane. I saw one time a reporter. He was in South Carolina during a hurricane. And they're standing up against a wall to stay out of the wind. Well, his wind gauge in his hand wasn't giving him a good enough reading, he thought. So he was going to step out into the street to show us how windy it was. And as he went tumbling down the street, <laughs> well, it's enough to pick up a big fat reporter and send him in over in. <laughs> that's how, yeah, there that's, you go. That, thank you very much. That's how windy it is. Okay. I did notice that the southern half of Wyoming, that would be below Wyoming's Mason-Dixon line, has had a lot of wind this morning. Yeah, and those southwest winds are keeping temperatures relatively mild, but you get just just north of Casper, it's a different story. In fact, I just checked the Y-Dot sensor at 20 Mile Hill uh, along I-25, and it's 11 below zero. Wow. So, so for you folks in Casper, it's knocking on the door. It'll be there within the hour. Okay. Now, does this come right away or maybe a little bit later with snow? No, there's going to be snow, not immediately, but but not very fat, not not very long after the Arctic front. The snow will develop and come on through. It's got, kind of all going to come together at once. What you'll notice first will be the drop in temperature. Then an hour or two later, the band of snows will start to develop. But they can all happen at once. And that's right. what is a problem with these Arctic waves as they come through. They, they not only bring the big drop in temperature but the arctic wave interacting with the terrain then creates the weather as okay. it comes on through so it's all part and parcel and we're talking about a very short period of time where right now i see casper is like 30 some degrees but they're going to be negative something within an hour 
Okay, yeah. So I just brought up Twenty Mile Hill as the right. name implies. That's twenty miles north of Casper. Okay. So it's minus eleven. So take that number with the current temperature in Casper, add those two together, that's how much the temperature is going to change. I mean, we're talking a 30 to 40 degree drop in temperature hmm. as the front goes through. I mean, sig- I mean, that is a big drop very, very quickly. Okay. So if you were standing outside, that would feel really freaky, wouldn't it? Um, yes. Yeah, Especially if you were standing outside <laughs> in, in Bermuda shorts and flip-flops. Yes. Which right. some people so, do year-round, by the way. I'll never understand that. They do. That. Okay. Yes. There are those people. Yeah. Now, let's talk about overnight and into Thursday, because it seems like it just sort of holds there for a while. The Arctic air is is going to come in and hold through Friday. So what we should just expect is that once the Arctic front comes in, it's going to be a good 48-hour period where temperatures are going to be very, very cold, bitterly cold. Now, the coldest of cold, I think, is going to probably be about this time tomorrow morning. That's when we'll see a lot of minus 30s, a lot of minus 20s. Some areas 35 to 40 below zero will be possible. It is still going to be bitterly cold all day tomorrow, not even getting above zero. And we're going to go far below zero again Thursday night into Friday morning. Now, how cold it gets Thursday night and Friday morning kind of has to do with the movement of the Arctic air, how much snow falls with this front. Uh, but it's really not until the weekend before the Arctic air retreats enough that we can start to get our temperatures back closer to the 30-year average. So this severe cold, the bitter cold wind chills will go through Friday. And this all happens first day of winter. The first day of winter, I mean, how about, how's that for time? Yeah, that's right. right. We hit the first day of winter and boom, you got it. So Christmas Day looks pretty good, right? Well, Christmas yeah. weekend is going to be warmer. Okay. There is a little bit of a front. And honestly, you know, trying to forecast after this front is a little right. tricky right now. But there is a chance for some snow showers across some areas of Wyoming on Sunday. Okay. Something that we can talk about tomorrow. Get a white Christmas out of it. I blame every time we have a weather system like this that comes to our area. Obviously, their fault. Off to the icebox we go. The icebox will be outside within the hour, by oh the way. Oh, boy. Yeah. Really? Yeah, within the All hour. Right, you know, we can't change that. No, we can't. No. You know, I mean, you, you could possibly get on an airplane and try to go somewhere that's yeah. nice, but you better leave but like probably not. in 20 and minutes. You know? I would say that if you want to get warmed up, you might have to step into your studio. Yes. Was it, it, is this. it on the chilly side in here always? But you know yeah. what? Glenn, we're good. I have full confidence that we're going to make it through this. No, no problem. I'm not at sure all. everybody no. will, but I, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can. Right. You know, and not try to moan and complain too much. Right. But then again, we haven't got it yet. I am not complaining. To me, this is an interesting little adventure that we go through. Just got to be careful doing it. Make sure that you're all covered up going outside, stuff like that. Just make sure, you know, the battery in your car is working properly. You know, safe things like that. Other than that, it's a good excuse to... Drink warm drinks, especially for those who like to spike them. If oh, spiked. yes. This is the day. Yes, this is the day. 
Women's college basketball at the Division I level. The Wyoming Cowgirls beat Wichita State on the road last night, 61-56. Grace Ellis chucked in a three-pointer with 105 to play to break a 56 all-time to give UW their first true road win of the year and hand Wichita State their first home loss of the year. Cowgirls watched a 13-point lead in the second quarter disappear, but... This really was a quality win. Alice finished with 12, Quinn Whiteman 13, Allison Ferdig, the Douglas native, at 16 points and 18 rebounds. Wyoming is 7 and 4 on the year. Wichita State is 9 and 3, and UW will play at UNLV a week from tomorrow. Oh, the Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will be in Phoenix tonight to meet St. Mary's in the Jerry Colangelo Classic. Cowboys are coming off a stagnant performance in Chicago on Saturdays. They lost to Dayton 66 49, so UW needs to tighten the screws on both ends of the floor. St. Mary's from the West Coast Conference is 9 and Four. They've already beaten nationally rated San Diego State and made the NCAA tournament last season as a five seed. That is a 6.30 start tonight from Phoenix. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY in Laramie. Women's junior college basketball. Casper College rated 10th in the nation, improved the 12-2 and two with a 70-58 win over Utah State Eastern in Las Vegas yesterday. Selena Arlen had 19 points to lead the way for Casper. Kelly Walsh grabbed Alvin, uh, Logan Alvar, chipped in 13. T-Birds will play Salt Lake Community College this afternoon at 2.30 in Vegas. And high school basketball. The Natrona girls team in Las Vegas for a tournament. The Phillies lost to West Jordan Utah yesterday 60-59 to with a nice rally after being down 12. NC will play Desert Hills Utah today at 4-30. In boys high school basketball from over the weekend. First on Friday at the Flaming Gorge Tournament in Sweetwater County. Kelly Walsh beat Lyman 63-42. Natrona lost to Star Valley 67-43. Pinedale over Cheyenne South 75-51. Cheyenne Central beat Fort Collins 75-66 in the Greeley Tournament. Laramie over Greeley West 76-39. Cheyenne and he's played in the Windsor Tournament and beat Campbell County 76-40. Also in boys play on Friday, Glenrock lost to Thermopolis 70-63. KC lost twice on Friday, 66-55 to Southeast and 79-41 to Lingo. In boys action on Saturday uh, from the Flaming Gorge, Kelly Walsh over Westside, Idaho, 64-55. Jackson Nip Natrona 42-38. Central, Cheyenne Central over Greeley West, 59-30 in the Greeley Tournament. Larrabee lost to Fort Collins, 75-56. Cheyenne East over Del Norte, Colorado 56-46, and then they lost to Resurrection Christian 75-72 in overtime. That's it in sports. Do we have any good uh, Christmas football games? Well, the, uh, the NFL, I'm saying, like this Saturday, the Buffalo Bills are playing. Okay. Oh, you know, right. and they're yeah, playing okay. the Chicago Bears, which is supposed to be about as cold there as it is yeah. here, and, but Buffalo's used to playing in all that weather. They just played a game last week. It was okay. snowing and freezing. I and, what, you gotta forgive me because I never really pay attention to this stuff, but I thought it would be a if Christmas cold, game. You will be, I'll tell you. Yeah, okay. Nobody wants to be out in this. If you want to play a Christmas game, do it in Tampa. Right. Miami, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Because they're going to be in the 20s and yeah. 30s. Oh. Yeah. Watch the parkas come out there. Oh, my Lord. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into open phones in the 8 o'clock hour, though I do think Miss Mary had a guest lined up for me real quick, and then we'll go ahead and get back to you and me after that. So wake up, Wyoming.
around 6 the time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Wood. Thanks for joining me. It is a Wednesday. That cold front is moving in. So for those people north of Casper on the east side of the Bighorns, you're freezing your butts off right now. Casper, you're about to get it. Douglas, too. It's slowly moving on down. I put a story on the Wake Up Wyoming website showing the timeline for that cold front coming in. And I mean, like right now, when I take a look at, let's say, Casper Douglas, you're like in the 30s, like 32 degrees, somewhere around there. You know. But you're about to drop to like negative teens and 20s within a very short period of time. That's what that front's going to do. And then eventually some snow comes with that. We will keep you posted. Warning. Your host for this radio show occasionally utters offensive words like Merry Christmas. Some callers to this show might return the greeting. All opinions are welcome on Wake Up Wyoming, but woke holiday buzzkills will be canceled. In the same way, they are trying to cancel everyone else's good vibes. To our Jewish friends, Happy Hanukkah. And to the atheists out there, may the Big Bang be with you. And if none of that holiday jazz really floats your boat, remember, best of us is for the rest of us. So, speaking of Christmas, apparently it's Christmas time in government because this is the time of year when they like to pass an omnibus spending bill with all sorts of gifts for everybody out there. They're just going to jam-pack it full of as much as they possibly can. It's already about 3,000 pages and growing. It's going to make it through the House and Senate. We'll see how far this whole thing can get, probably all the way through and signed by the president. And once again, we don't have the money to do this. And once again, we don't know what's in it. It's going to get dumped in front of your representatives just like an hour or so before the vote. They'll never get a chance to see what's in it. And they're going to be told that they have to vote on it. All right. Talking about this, Kurt Coachman, Senior Fellow, Physical Policy, Americans for Prosperity. Actually, you might want to change your name to Americans for Debt. Maybe that's well, we're not way. for debt. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we're for prosperity. Yeah, well, we're, I, we're I know you're for <laughs> prosperity, but that's not what's happening here. This is really going to hurt us since I mean, just the past few years. I think government has spent about $5 trillion just borrowed it. Uh, they've right? added... They've added almost $5 trillion to the spending that was already going to happen. So it's been a blowout these last two years. Yeah. All right. And then top of this, now, what gets me is with $5 trillion or so borrowed like that and printed against future generations, you would think that they would have enough money. But yet here we are. They're about to run out of money again. How is that even possible? Well, they're not spending it well. They're putting it in the wrong places. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this omnibus appropriations bill, this is sort of funding what you think of when you think of the government, military, veterans, you know, a lot of the different programs that you think of. Um, but this bill, I mean, there's a lot of necessary spending in it, but there's also um, a lot wrong with it. It's a bad bill put forward through a bad process, and it's bad timing. I mean, um, we're looking at a bill that continues the creeping growth and the size and scope of the federal government. We don't know exactly how much. There's no cost estimate yet, so that'll take a couple of weeks until we know the full impact. Um, but this lame duck period, it's a real problem in a democracy to have people that aren't coming back to be voting on stuff like this. We're going to have eight new senators. We're going to have, I think, 74 new House members. So you've got people like your own representative, Liz Cheney, and her buddy Adam Kinzinger voting for this bill. They'll vote for it, presumably. Um, and uh, they don't actually have to face the voters for anything ever again. So. 
you know, it's, it's kind of not right in a representative democracy that uh, you're passing legislation uh, when you're on your way out like this. How did we get into a position where we had omnibus spending bills rather than individual bills for spending? Well, uh, you know, a budget is kind of inherently one thing, but uh, under the congressional budget process, there are supposed to be 12 appropriations bills that are considered separately. Um, but the thing is, that's not even a 30, that's about 30% of spending now, and it doesn't include any of the revenue. So you can't manage everything when you're only dealing with part of the budget. Now, a lot of people think that we should go back to the regular order of these 12 bills considered individually. But um, the incentives that the current system creates are for these appropriations bills to get increasingly bloated, and they have been over time, um, and for Congress to lose sight of kind of the need to manage the, the entitlement programs, the tax code that is convoluted, burdensome, anti-growth. Um, and so, like, we're seeing kind of the end stage of the current system, and we need a, a new system that has a real budget in order for things to start working again and kind of squeeze out the nonsense. I don't think I'm ever going to get my wish, but my wish is let's just pick a number out of thin air. So let's say we give government, uh, federal government, $2 trillion a year as just a number. Mm -hmm. And that's all they're allowed to spend. So you got your $2 trillion. You're not allowed to borrow anymore. You're not allowed to print anymore. That's it. Figure it out. I would love mm -hmm. to do that because that's actually putting them on a budget. But every time they get to the debt mm -hmm. limit, they have to increase it again. And they don't seem to know when to stop Sure. Yeah, budget targets would be really important. Um, you know, the the thing with politics is you're always kind of starting from the status quo, and then you're you're changing things incrementally from there. That's just the way that it works. And um, with the debt limit coming up, I think that's a, a golden opportunity to do something with broad bipartisan support, where you reform the debt limit. Um, and so basically, you would never have to vote on the debt limit as long as you're sticking to reasonable budget targets that reduce and end the deficits uh, within a reasonable period of time. Um, so you're kind of giving the Democrats, hey, we're not going to have to worry about the debt limit, but in exchange, you've got you've to actually help us meet these budget targets. And then, you know, Republicans uh, get the budget targets that kind of can kind of help control the spending. Um, and, you know, we would give up the ability to, to fight about the debt limit because we've got the fiscal responsibility from those targets already. But, yeah, I totally yeah. agree with you. Congress needs the targets in order to be responsible, but they also need a system that makes it possible for them to meet the targets as well. Well, I think one of the ways they get around this, and this is mainly how they talk to the media and the American people, is every time they want to spend some money, they got to name it a crisis. So since we're constantly in crisis mode, and boy, the whole pandemic thing was just perfect for crisis mode. Wow, we get to spend oh, yeah. trillions now, and there was no limit. So if they can declare it a crisis, then the amount of money that they print and borrow is endless. That was the perception a couple of years ago, and then we got inflation because of the huge budget blowout during the pandemic. So temper, or there's a little bit less uh, interest in doing that now, um, but it's still there. And so we do have to like change the way that things work in D.C. to get that back under control. Um, another thing is that, like, you know, if you declare something an emergency, then you're exempt from the budget caps and people kind of go along because people are hurting, all that. Uh, so you really need to have kind of an integrated system where your emergencies are, are offset, not immediately, but, you know, uh, the, in the following fiscal years so that, like, it doesn't become this loophole. You've got to have it on budget, but not so tight that, like, it makes it impossible to provide for people when they're really hurting. Yeah. But see, we're currently dealing with people, and I pick on both parties in this case, mm -hmm. who don't know 
how to stop spending on something. They're more interested in the special interest, what palms agrees, things like that, rather than mm-hmm. taking a look at what this is going to do to the country long term. I don't think we actually make any kind of a change here until we get a whole new crop of people in. Well, I mean, the thing is, I was I, I was here in D.C. when we got the Tea Party wave, and uh, that helped a little bit, but we didn't change the way that business is done here. And until we do that... I think no matter who we get in here, we're going to see kind of um, a little bit of change, but not the kind of fundamental change we need. So, I mean, earmarks are back in this thing. There's more than 3,000 of them. Uh, There's a lot that's wrong with that, but um, that's how they're trying to kind of get back to some sort of a functional process. It's not going to work, um, but, you know, even Republicans, a lot of them in Congress, are sort of desperate for anything that works again. And, you know, they just need to change course. All right. So with Americans... For Prosperity, this is Kurt Coucher and Senior Fellow. How do people follow what you guys do and help out for that matter? Yeah, we're on uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, Facebook. Our uh, website is americansforprosperity.org. And uh, we have uh, chapters uh, working on state and federal policy in 35 states around the country, not including Wyoming yet, but maybe someday. All right, Kurt, thanks for coming on this morning. Thanks for having me. So what's the matter, Senator? Flushing all that taxpayer money down the toilet, clogging up the drain again? And how? And nothing works when the money don't flow. And I bet flushing all that Chinese money really clogs the pipes. Oh, with interest. Yeah, Chinese money's the worst. Well, Senator, to keep that money flowing, why not try this new pipe cleaner? It's called Debt Bomb. Debt Bomb? Yes, Debt Bomb, Senator. With all the pressure building up in the pipes from all that money you're flushing down the toilet, well, there's just simply no flow. You need something to clear the clog. But don't worry. The pressure will eventually build up that you can just shove debt bomb into the toilet and everything blows sky high. Yee-haw! Way to go! Why, there's nothing left. No, Senator, there's nothing. No economy, no country, nothing. Well, you say that like it's a bad thing. Endorsed by governments worldwide, it's inevitable. Debt bomb. Wyoming Travel Network. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Time. So I'm starting to get reports from around the region on temperatures here. Grandpa Rich is in Thermopolis. Glenn, the temperature just started dropping in Thermopolis. Minus two, and it started snowing. Right. He wasn't anywhere near minus two just a little while ago. He was in the positive numbers. And I think, what, Rich, in the 20s or something like that? But now you're, yeah. This is going to be quite a drop. Now, for example, uh, let's take a look at it's heading toward Casper right now in Douglas. So you're talking like uh, lower 30s as the temperature. But that's quickly going to get into the negative numbers, teens and below, by the time we get, um, well, just within a couple of hours from now. So that temperature really drops fast. All right, on the spending thing again. So here comes yet another omnibus spending bill. And once again, I blame both parties. Not just one. Neither one can say that they are really responsible when it comes to spending money. Here's a headline for you. Congress spending bill contains millions in woke handouts. Well, of course it does. 
Anything they can get in there. Well, they know this is the perfect time to hide things. The bill is thousands of pages long. Nobody's going to get a chance to read it. So get in there whatever you can. Story says, and you wonder why I don't trust these people with anything. This is why. Stuff like this is exactly why. I don't want them. I want government as small as it can possibly be for reasons like this. As Congress advances its latest omnibus spending bill, the story says, including millions in funding for diversity and equality and inclusion initiatives. The latest text of the spending bill released on Tuesday includes 4,155 pages. Oh, well, I was underestimating. I kept saying 3,000 pages. 4,155 pages of items with 7,510 earmarks totaling about $1.7 trillion. Oh, they'll get it to $2 trillion. No, don't worry about it. Stuffed inside the bill are earmarks to set aside millions for different initiatives, such as an American LGBTQ alphabet soup plus museum and support center for equity incubators, whatever that's supposed to be. One earmark inside the bill includes funding for $1.2 million for centers for support for those same groups in San Diego at the community college, and $150,000 for mentoring programs for LGB in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The New York Historical Society will receive about $3 million for its also LGB museum partnership project. Nearly $800,000 will be given to In Our Own Voices, a group focused on economic survival group for, the same, for those same people. And let me see, transitional housing for them, also LGB centers, and for a welcoming environment, you know, $856,000 for facilities and equipment. Approximately $750,000 will be given to Trans-Latin Coalition, an organization advocating for those in transgender Latin communities. Equity Institute, based in Rhode Island, an organization working towards creating uh, an educacy, anti-racist educational system is set to re- receive about $500,000. University of Shady Groves received uh, about $956,000 to fund a boot camp program for women and minorities called equity incubators. That is, again, that's a term that's new to me, equity incubators. I'm actually going to have to look that up to find out what exactly do you mean by an equity incubator? Well, it could mean a lot of things. I think I have an idea, but I'll have to take a look at it. National, let's see, Great Blacks and Wax Museum given more than $2 million. In Georgia, $3.6 million goes towards the Michelle Obama uh, Trail, 3.8 miles long. So to build a trail... You're going to need $3.8 million. Why does a trail cost $3.8 million? Bill is in Laramie. Morning, Bill. Morning, Glenn. How are you? Good, sir. What you got? Hey, I wanted to just comment. I, you know, I just saw where the, our president is giving $8 billion to South Africa to yeah. get them off coal-fired power plants. Yep. And I'm sitting here going... How come we keep giving our government money to do things like that and mm-hmm. we can't even take care of our own people here? Uh, yeah. um, 
you know, we're just spending money on things that we shouldn't even be involved with. Right. Yeah, if South Africa wants to go just wind and solar, let them go ahead and do it. That's their problem. Yeah, correct. I agree. Um, but, you know, where did that money come from? He's got money t- tacked in a budget somewhere where he can just reach in and grab it and hand it uh, out. Apparently, yeah. I was you kind know, of wondering that, too. Where does he just get the money to do this? I don't know how it's earmarked or allocated for something like that. Yes, I think we're just we're giving them too much money to do anything with. We need to take away their money. Right, which is why I was suggesting to our guest earlier that if I could, and I'm just picking a number out of thin air, let's say we gave Congress $2 trillion a year. That's what you have. That's it. Figure it out. That's all you're allowed to spend. No more. And until they get special permission from the American people, they're never allowed to go beyond that. Yeah, I agree. All right. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. No, I don't understand. Even besides the $8 billion going to South Africa, there's about $88 billion going to just African nations in general. With all economic factors indicating the U.S. is heading for a prolonged recession, some experts are suggesting that the government should stop dumping all of our money into an enormous hole. Is it time to close the national money hole? That kind of talk is alarmist and irresponsible. America needs the money hole. Driving truckloads of money out into the New Mexico desert and dumping it into a massive pit is one of America's greatest traditions. It's frankly, it's a national treasure. No reasonable person is advocating that we are going to stop destroying money. But the American people earn that money. They have the right to decide how it should be destroyed. Well, so you I, are in favor of personal money holes. Yes, people should be able to dump money into a hole in their backyard or flush it down the toilet. Let the free market decide the most efficient way of destroying My money. My father worked two jobs so he'd have money to put in the money hole. Oh. And he never complained. You can't depend on private money holes to destroy that money. Duncan's right. I mean, some of this money could blow away. Yes. Some of it may not be correctly buried. Burns I mean, there's too many variables. That's why the government pours gasoline into the money hole and lights it on fire to make sure all the money is destroyed. I love the money fire. It's just like they say, you have to throw money in a hole and set it on fire to make money. Okay, but find the cheapest way to destroy that money, like shredding it up and feeding it to hogs. Tell that to the digger who's worked the graveyard shift for 20 years. Digging the hole is all he knows. The sheer number of shovelers that it takes to maintain that hole. But if we're talking about closing holes, I mean, what about the soldier hole? How about about the energy hole? I mean, I can't believe that closing the money hole is even on the table. Don't close the money hole. This pro hole agenda is the money hole lobby paying you? I resent that accusation. I do not take money from special interests, and if I did, I would throw it right in the hole because I am a patriot. If you love America, you throw money in its hole. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888 97 Woods. The time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, 888 Woods phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. So, uh, real quick, from our man in Cheyenne, Doug Randall, he posted this story. For those who are in the Cheyenne-Laramie County area, Kamiya Shelter is lifting restrictions and asking for help in this extreme cold. You got some homeless people in the area? They need a place to stay warm. It would be a good idea to have just a little bit more help 
for for the people that they're going to have to deal with, the influx of people. So Camille Shelter, Cheyenne, is lifting, the story says, more restrictions on those who are allowed to stay and facing extremely cold weather for today, Thursday, into Friday. Shelter is also looking for donations, according to their Facebook page, where you can find Camille Shelter on the Facebook page. Considerable concern expressed by the mayor and the community for folks that are outside in these temperatures. So... Heating bill currently is over 5200 a month. Wow. So they need help paying those bills. So if you're in the Cheyenne or Laramie County area, look up Camilla Shelter. And they're bringing in also you know, food products, stuff like that. Ask them what they need. But a lot of it is just going to be help paying those bills over the next few days to take in all of those people. Off we go to Laramie, Wyoming. Morning, Laramie. Woman who built a socialist commune in Laramie calls it quits, is selling the compound. It's the end of a short-lived era, says Cowboy State Daily, for a socialist compound in Laramie. For more than four years, Holiday Mansion, west of Laramie, beautiful house, has housed members of the LGB alphabet subcommunity. From around the country and Wyoming looking to start a new life in a socialist communal setting, letting people have solidarity in the collective. Now, pause for just a minute. This is something I will say this that I've said many times before. Being more of the libertarian kind of guy, my thought is you are in a free country. You get to live however you want to live. So if you want to be a socialist, that's okay. Go start a commune somewhere, get all your other socialist friends together, and go live there. The only two things that you're not allowed to do, I'll give you these two things you're not allowed to do. One, force other people into your commune and your lifestyle. You can't do that. Two, force other people to pay for what you're doing. You're going to have to figure out how to pay for this yourself. That's essentially what this lady was trying to do here, which I approve of. In America, you can live however you want. But nobody else is forced into it. Nobody else has to pay for it. She says it's just really hard to support a property of that size when you have people coming and going all the time. So the concept. The collective used a Victoria-style mansion. Again, a beautiful house. That was built in 1878 to live out the concept of an intentional community. A group of people living together in one space based on shared values and goals. The home was, in many ways, a cowboy state socialist utopia, or they tried to be anyway. Confined to a three-acre rural property, Ludwig and others brought a what they call the solidarity house together and managed it jointly. They ran a small-scale farming business from the home and residents made all the household decisions by consensus. So again, this is living as socialists, right? So the 5,733-square-foot collectivist home is now on the market for about $830,000. So if you would like to buy a beautiful mansion, it really is a stunningly beautiful place that used to be a hippie commune for socialists, go right ahead. 
Ludwig said they hoped another nonprofit community organization would buy the property, but they will sell to a private buyer if that doesn't work out. Six-bedroom home, three-acre property, has been the home for about 16 people for a given time. It boasts a prominent turret deck framed by white lattice, eight bathrooms right out between the mansion, five separate apartments on the property. There's also a Cuisinet hut, greenhouse, and a chicken yard. She says it's the perfect community. It's time for all of us to move on. She said that uh, it's been fragile trying to do this. But, you know, living in a commune socialist lifestyle always is very difficult because, as we talk about so often on this program, there's a reason socialism doesn't work. If they want to try it, many people have many times before and they've always failed. But go ahead and do it again. That's what you want to do. That's part of the freedom of living in America is you get to try stuff like this. But again, two rules. You can't force other people to join. And you can't force other people to pay. And that's one of the big problems that I do find in America today. Even with people who want things like universal health care. They're trying to get everybody else to pay for something that they want. And everybody else is going to be forced to join something that they want. Ludwig said nearly everyone who lived there identifies well, with a certain lifestyle. She said Solidarity Collective is one of the few safe havens in Wyoming for members of their community, and it's really been needed to some conservatives in the state of Wyoming. They may seem like it's a unlikely setting for the project. But you see, I don't think it is an unlikely setting. Because if you understand truly what liberty and freedom is all about, then people deciding, we're going to get together and experiment we're going to get together and live in on this piece of property, and we're going to try living in a different way than the rest of America lives. We think we have a better way to do it. Go try it. In the early 1900s, European immigrants worked with the Union Pacific Railroad in Sweetwater County and were involved with the party, according to a 2021 wildfire story. The party ran candidates in Rock Springs for municipal office and in uh, 1908 held statewide conventions. Members of the collective were particularly engaged um, and also, well, they, they worked hard for their roles. It didn't always go well. But anyway, this is what they tried. There are pictures on the Cowboy State website where you can take a look at the property that they had there, which once again is just an absolutely beautiful home. Well, sorry, it didn't work out for them because... They're actually doing something that I've said a couple of times here that I agree with. If you want to go live your lifestyle here in America, you can go do that. The objection that I have is when people try to force everybody else to live the way they want everybody else to live. You know, we, we believe in whatever it might be. Therefore, you're going to be forced to believe in that too. And you're going to pay for it. Uh, financially and, and otherwise, too. There's where I draw the line. There's where I have the problem. That's why I say I'm more of the libertarian kind of guy where you're a free person in a free country. Pick what you think will work best for you. You might be right. You might fail miserably. It's your right to try. All right, 844 is the time. Almost 845. Temperature's already dropping. Just a little while ago where I'm sitting, it was at 33 degrees. Now we're 28 and within a very short period of time, these temperatures are going to get down to the single digits.
then into the negative numbers as that cold push of air moves its way down the state, slowly moving, taking over the entire region as it does. So wake up, Wyoming. Uh, the same. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Eight forty-eight. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Speaking of ice box, Frank, I'm watching here the temperature gauge, and it is dropping. I've never seen it drop this fast before. I, I've been through days long time ago when forty degrees. Yeah. Difference. Yeah. Um, where are we at now? Let's see. Well, it depends on which I'm looking at because I'm looking at one for our area that says twenty-eight degrees. Another area is saying like two. Oh, so it just depends. Let's say on, call it fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Well, just go ahead. Yeah, we'll split the difference on it. Yeah. Either way, the temperature is dropping really fast, and I don't think every reporting station is necessarily keeping up with it. But okay, I'm watching okay, that happen. Yeah. So okay, um, Hall of Fame running back, the Immaculate Franco Reception, Harris yeah, passed away at the age of seventy-two. The Immaculate Reception is one of the most memorable plays in the NFL, or it came off a. Of, Terry Bradshaw threw a pass. It was against the Raiders, and kind of he was throwing to uh, Frenchie Fucra, and then it was deflected, and then Franco Harris caught it literally off a deflection right off of his shoe tops and really? ran it in for a touchdown, and it was freezing cold weather. It was a stunning play. I'm like, oh, hey, was, how did that happen? Yeah. It's the immaculate reception. Okay. Now I know what that is because I keep hearing that phrase all day. He went to four Super Bowls. He? And he won four Super Bowls. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. He was only seventy-two years old. That's uh, yeah. That that that's not good. But that uh, that he'll always be remembered forever and ever and ever about the immaculate reception. Plus, he yeah. was a Hall of Fame football player, Franco well, Harris. Yeah, that's that's not the good. only thing that I really feel bad about for his passing is within a couple of days they were going to retire his number. I know. And I he should have been at that reception for that to see that happen. But he didn't make that. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, that, that kind of happens anyway. Yeah. But, okay. Still, though, uh, he'll be talked about quite a bit. Well, Next for, few football games that you watch, they're going to talk about this guy. You're going to see that immaculate reception on TV probably for a good week. Probably, yeah. So I bet I should probably, go while you're doing sports, go to YouTube and try to look it up maybe. Yeah, you could. It yeah. probably is on YouTube somewhere. So <laughs> a I can thousand exactly different times, doing. yes. What year did that happen? It would have been, I can tell you here, hold on a second here. It would have been 19-something. Uh, okay, well, we're, <laughs> we're closing in. <laughs> hold on, I, I, it's, uh, 50, it's it, it, the, the 50, 50 years ago. Oh, wow. We're getting old. 50, yes, yeah, yes, we're old. All right, we'll talk about women's college basketball at the Division One level. The Wyoming Cowgirls beat Wichita State on the road last night, 61-56. to Grace Ellis chucked in a three-pointer with 105 to play to break a 56 all-time to give UW their first true road win of the year and have Wichita State their first home loss of the year. Cowgirls also watched a 13-point lead in the second quarter disappear, but this really was a quality win for the Cowgirls. Ellis finished with 12, Quinn Whiteman 13. Allison Ferdy, the Douglas native, had 16 points and 18 rebounds. Wyoming is 7 Four on the year, Wichita State is nine and three. UW will play at UNLV a week from tomorrow. Wyoming Cowboys will be in Phoenix tonight to meet St. Mary's in the Jerry Colangelo Classic. The Pokes are coming off a stagnant performance in Chicago on Saturday. They lost to Dayton 66-49, so UW needs to tighten the screws on both ends of the floor. St. Mary's from the West Coast Conference is nine and four, and they have beaten nationally rated San Diego State and made the NCAA tournament last season as a five seed. So the Pokes are five and six. It's going to be a really tough game for them. It is a six thirty start tonight from. 
in Phoenix. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. And women's junior college basketball. Casper College finished, uh, ranked 10th in the nation, improved the 12-2 and two with a 70-58 to 58 win over Utah State Eastern in Las Vegas. Selena Arnland had 19 points to lead the Tebers, and Kelly Walsh, Grant Logan Alvar chipped in 13. The Tebers will play Salt Lake Community College this afternoon at 2.30 in Vegas. In high school basketball, the Natrona girls team in Vegas for a tournament. The Phillies lost to West Jordan, Utah yesterday 60-59 to 59, with a nice rally after being down 12. NC will play Desert Hills, Utah today at 4.30. In boys high school basketball from over the weekend, First on Friday at the Flaming Gorge Tournament in Sweetwater County. Kelly Walsh beat Lyman 63-42. Natrona lost to Star Valley 67-43. Pinedale defeated Cheyenne South 75-51. Cheyenne Central over Fort Collins 75-66 in the Greeley Tournament. Laramie over Greeley West 76-39. Cheyennese playing in the Windsor Tournament beat Campbell County 76-40. Also in boys play on Friday, Glenrock lost to Thermopolis 70-63. KC lost twice on Friday 66-55 to Southeast and 79-41 to Lingle. In boys high school basketball from Saturday, Kelly Walsh over Westside, uh, Idaho, 64-55. Jackson Nip Natrona, 42-38. Cheyenne Central beat Greeley West, 59-30. Laramie lost to Fort Collins, 75-56. Cheyenne East defeated uh, Del North, Colorado, 56-46, and lost to Resurrection Christian, 75-72 in overtime. That's it in sports. I just watched the immaculate reception from several different camera angles on a YouTube page. And I had to. I'm glad they ran it a couple of times in slow motion. Yeah. Because the you, first time it happened, I didn't get it. And and you are not the only one. Yeah. I said, what what the hell? Yeah, what, happened what, here? what happened? Yeah. Yeah. And then they start running it from different camera angles in slow motion. Oh, that's what happened. So at the time that this took place, literally nobody had any clue. How did he get the ball? Exactly. Okay. No clue. No clue. All right. No. I bet you he was even kind of surprised. It, I have yeah. the ball? Yeah, it happened right uh, to him, yeah. Yeah, I have the ball. Yeah. Oh, I better run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thinking fast. All yeah. right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business you have to take care of. Now, Rollins News Time after that national local update on your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Hi, I'm Frankie. Dino six the time. It's wake up, my homie. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's really getting cold where I'm right now. And a lot of the thermometers I'm looking at, or I should say, reporting stations. Or all over the place. They don't quite know what to do with the temperature. And it's dropping fast. I did stick my head outside real quick, regretted it, stepped right back inside. So if you're in an area that hasn't gotten a cold snap yet, it's slowly moving its way down through Wyoming. When it gets to you, I just, I'm experiencing it right now. We went from temperatures in the lower 30s to 20s to teens. I mean, just fast. It's dropping. It's really something to experience. All right. Open phones. 888 Woods. Trigger warning. Warning. Your host for this radio show occasionally utters offensive words like Merry Christmas. Some callers to this show might return the greeting. All opinions are welcome on Wake Up Wyoming, but woke holiday buzzkills will be canceled. In the same way, they are trying to cancel everyone else's good vibes. To our Jewish friends, Happy Hanukkah. And to the atheists out there, 
May the Big Bang be with you. And if none of that holiday jazz really floats your boat, remember, Festivus is for the rest of us. All right, again, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. So several stories I have lined up. One from Wildfile. Here in Wyoming, the incoming revenue committee takes a turn for the revenue averse with Wyoming's rosy short-term financial outlook. Some say now is the time to revamp state revenue and spending structures. But they're not talking about spending more. They're actually talking about spending less, tightening the belt. So what happened was when energy prices went up, quite a bit of money came into the state of Wyoming. Suddenly, there was this nice bump of about $3 billion. Now, I complained there's a Wyoming leftist group out there whose name I'm not going to mention because I don't want people finding their website. Don't worry. Nobody reads their website anyway. They're that bad. Well, it's their headline is along the lines of lawmakers with with an extra $3 billion, what will they do with it? And the liberals are spend, spend, spend. But the article from Wildfile talks with people who, in the state legislators, are thinking, now now's the time to revamp this a little bit and actually tighten our belts and get much more responsible with the way we, we spend and not just go off with the money blowing it. All right, over to the phones. Judy's in Casper, who's not in a good mood. Morning, Judy. <laughs> yeah. I said that to you last night when I was uh, having a, my first glass of wine. I was so upset. Yeah. Um, I want to thank everybody that showed up last night. They did a good job. Um, we had some real powerful speakers. Uh, we were organized. Uh, we packed the room. There had to be uh, 60 people on the inside and another 20 on the outside. And we thought we could stop this thing. But what we didn't count on was that uh, two of the county commissioners, this was their last night. So they didn't really care how, you know, what happened because they were out of there. And the county attorney quit, too. He's out of there. He's going to work for the city. I feel sorry for the city if you got this boob working for you. Um, he had no idea uh, what what this was about to begin with. Uh, the land use plan wasn't available to the general public. This is one of the things I spoke about. It wasn't available. I tried to get a copy of it for about two and a half weeks. Every three days, I'd check. Uh, the planning and zoning gal, she's an absolute disaster. Uh, she kept telling me, oh, well, the printer's down. And I'm like, you don't have 50 other printers in this building or what? Do I look stupid to you? And they kept working on this land use plan till an hour before the meeting. Okay, now, if you remember right, when you do uh, meetings and stuff, you have to give public notice. Well, it's 45 days here. And the county attorney fought with me over that saying, oh, no, we gave 45 days. I said, if you're still working on it right now, you don't have a clean draft. You don't, you know, you don't have something that the public can come and get. Why didn't you have a box of these sitting outside the planning and zoning office so everybody in this room can read what you're doing to us? You know, so they didn't really care about that. They they passed it anyway. Andrea and Bertolio were on their way out the door. The county attorney was on his way out the door. So they basically stole our property rights last night. Um, there was enough people that were upset about it that we're going to probably have to file a class action lawsuit. Yeah, okay. And have this changed and there was a lot of money men in that room 
And before I walked out of there, there was, oh, uh, promised uh, $20,000 to find an attorney. So if there's an attorney in Casper that wants to take on the county, please call me. Um, there are a lot of people upset, and this needs to stop. This reminds me of Washington, D.C. Well, I'm on the way out the door, so what do I care? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let's run over your rights. What do I care? I got money. I got everything I need. My developers are in my back pocket. You know, I just keep wondering who got paid the little white envelopes. I am so sorry we voted for Nicolason. I am so sorry we voted for Commissioner Milney. I'm so sorry that we didn't get rid of Bertolio the last time before this election. We got rid of him this time. But we still have some real sorry pieces of work on this commission. And until we get real men who love the Constitution and smaller government, Natona County is gone. I mean, we just... it was just signed away last night. Well, besides, when, when did the new people come in? Uh, January. And okay. they didn't, we all asked them to table this till the new people came in and had a chance to look at it till we had a new county attorney. I think they wanted to do this as their legacy out the door. Well, they got a legacy, all right. Mm. It's, it's a very bad one. And I hope they enjoy trying to get a job as a dog catcher right. because they'll never work in politics again. Well, I wonder, though, with the new group coming in, can't they have a look with this and and yes, maybe reverse yes, it? they can have a look at it, and they might be able to change some of it. I talked to uh, one of the new commissioners, uh, Dallas Blair. He's a litigator. He's a lawyer. I'm not real thrilled on lawyers being on anything that has to do with the people. But he was just told, he reminded those guys, If you're still working on this land use plan, you have to give notice. You can't just come in here and change it around and then expect the people not to to say, well, what did you change? Oh, no, we don't need to do that. It was so done so incorrectly. um, uh, I think a judge and a lawyer would have a field day with these guys. Because I'm no lawyer, but I worked under one of the best attorneys in this state. And I was kind of... uh, I don't know, awestruck with them because I paid attention to everything he said. And there are laws about legal notices, letting the public have a look at things before you pass them. Um, With 80-something people in the room, they had the audacity to pass this. I couldn't believe it. They couldn't even look us in the eye. Okay. And then they shut everybody down. Oh, you can't give your three minutes to someone else? Yes, I can. Mm -hmm. So you've you know, got uh, two courses of action looks like you can take here. One is with the new incoming group. That's good. And then with the class action lawsuit. And I think you've got a pretty good case where they were still working on this up to the last minute, and that's not giving you enough notice. Exactly. Well, and it wasn't available for three weeks before. And I told the planning and zoning gal, I said, you're in over your head, sweetheart. You know, when I can find so many holes in this, that you could drive a, a truck through, she might want to look for a new job, too. I know she's kind of playing with one of the county commissioners, but this is just, it, it's ridiculous. There was one gentleman, you'll have to watch, is Harvey, and he gives them the best speech I think I've ever heard about the Constitution, about what America stands for. And if you get time, I sent it to you. Watch him. Mm-hmm. I think he's about an hour and, oh, 20 minutes or so into it. 
But I, we're good, we're going to do something about this. Okay. Even though I'm safe with my vehicles and stuff, because I'm grandfathered in and I've had this litigated, I was up there for my neighbors, for my friends, for people out here that don't have the ability to fight these big monsters in government. And we had everybody there. We had Campaign for Liberty there. And I want to thank Kathy, Bob, Kathy and Bob Ide for being there. I want to thank uh, Dan Sabrowski. I want to thank the gals from uh, Moms for Liberty. And uh, she's, she volunteered to do any research I might need. So we're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to fix this because they don't have a right to take your property right. All right. Hang in there, Judy. Keep me posted. Uh, everybody appraising how it works out. Thank you. All right. God Nine, bless. 916. Wake up, Wyoming. Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS or the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 922 is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, I can go ahead and talk to Chip right now. It's not a problem at all. Chip Mueller said he would let you know when he would be calling. Okay. Get in there, Chip, as soon as you possibly can. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-WOODS. Talking about what I'm talking about. Change the subject fine by me. Christmas time. A woke liberal sits down to write a letter to Santa. Dear Santa, wow. I can't believe it's already time for me to write you another letter. As a Biden voter, I want to wish you tidings of comfort and joy. While I wish misery and sadness on anyone who doesn't do exactly what I want them to. Because that's what the holidays are all about. I hope you don't mind if this letter is a little longer than the last one I wrote you. I just feel like I've been extra compliant this year, so I deserve to have a longer wish list than usual. And besides, I was promised so much last year, but here I sit a year later having gotten none of what I asked for. Last year, I told you all I wanted was student loan forgiveness, reparations, cheaper groceries and gas, and just to get back to normal. Maybe my letter got mixed up with all the mail-in ballots from the most free and fair election of all time. I know you're busy, and I'm not saying it's your fault. It's not mine either. Like all the other failures in my life, myself chief among them, I'll just blame it on the people I don't like instead. Okay, now I'm going to tell you what I want this year. First, can I get a gift card for a year's worth of manicures? I've broken so many nails furiously ripping I did that stickers off every gas pump I use these days. I don't understand why those conspiracy theorists think the president can influence the gas prices. He can't. Which is why when he tapped our own oil reserves and lowered gas prices by a few pennies, I made sure to give him credit for that immediately. Speaking of a few pennies... I took the 16 cents the Democrats saved me on my 4th of July cookout, and I'm going to donate them to the Salvation Army tomorrow. Ever since I heard about their Let's Talk About Racism guide, I just knew they'd use the money to help people regardless of their skin color. Told you I'm a good person. Since I don't have a car now, I've had to ride the bus everywhere. And even though I wore my mask every day and rolled up my sleeves every time, I still got a breakthrough infection. I know, I know, no big deal. It's just like the breakthrough infections everyone gets after their measles, mumps, and meningitis shots. Just means it's working. But even though it's working so well, the third thing I'd like to ask for this year is a lifetime supply of Band-Aids. I have a feeling I might need them for the future things I'll be ordered to take. And I'll take them without question because I care about my health. Okay, the last thing I want to ask for this year, Santa, isn't even for me. 
It's for the moderators and fact checkers of social media. They've been working so hard to silence the truth. I mean, to give their opinion. I mean, to fight fake news. Can you give them a raise? They deserve it. Anyway, I know this is a long letter and I'm almost done, I promise. But I wanted to ask you just one question. Who is Brandon? And why are all the people I hate cheering for him so much? If you could fill me in, I'd appreciate it. Okay, my hand is tired now. This is the most work I've done all year. Merry Christmas. I mean, happy holidays. I mean, happy whatever doesn't offend me today. Sincerely, Rhett Arted Zimzer. Government pincushion number 26,493,175. P.S. Can you stop saying ho, ho, ho? It's very disrespectful to the vice president. Jet is calling in from Yoder. Hello, Jet. How you been? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh-huh. How are you doing up there? Life is cold, good, but huh? it's getting really cold really fast. Oh, yeah. It happens here. Yeah. No, there's all this economy, open border, and worker shortages and all. You know, if you're going to pay somebody a hundred grand a year or just sit at a house watching TV or going fishing or whatever, I'm not going to go to work. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. I think so. Yeah, open the border and get some cheap labor and a lot of it. So I think uh, that if uh, we go ahead and and look, we already pay members of Congress and bureaucrats to really sit and do a bunch of useless work all day. In fact, there's a lot of people who actually show up to offices where they pretend to work all day and get huge government salaries. Oh, I know. I know. And then you got, you know, like serious, they were saying on the news, some places... If two people are not working, they can drop to 100000 a year. Sure. Uh, for all the benefits and stuff. What the heck? I'm not going to go to work for 75 or 80. Yeah. Well, Let's go out in that cold weather and yeah. all that. Just shows that you and I have been doing something wrong all this time. We actually had a work ethic, you see? And we expected yeah. to only get paid for what we produced. Now, what kind of idiots were we? Well... People don't get bored like they used to, you know. You wanted to get them, get out of your living room, go see what's going on, and they don't do that anymore. They sit there in front of a computer screen and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, or people who get a job sitting in a padded room talking all day long and acting like it's a job. Oh, wait. Well, that's kind of all right, too. It is a job. you got to inform the public. Yeah, okay, yeah. As long as I'm not boring anyway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Have a good one. All right, thank you, Chet. Have a great Christmas. Chet is in Yoder, Wyoming. Hey, I found out something from Cowboy State Daily. This is interesting. I have been complaining for many years about the signs in Wyoming. They're all over the country. But you're driving down the interstate. you got those signs that go over top of the interstate or next to the interstate maybe, and they light up. And I've never seen those signs that tell me anything that I didn't already know or that I needed to know. Their headline is Inside the Control Room, Manning the Electronic Signs of Wyoming's Roadways. Who does this job? Okay, I got this for you coming up next. If anything, I want to find out who these people are. So I can get a hold of them and say, could you please spend a little time thinking about something that I might actually, since we spent all of this money on these signs... Actually putting something up there that I either need to know or didn't already know.
because so far I've yet to see a message on one of those signs that was useful in any way. We'll, we'll dig into that next. Also, your phone calls, 888-97-Woods. Coming up on 930, local news coming your way right after local news. Update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. here it's a picture and yeah good timing on this it's from scott and casper shows one of those highway signs that i was complaining about just a moment ago that light up and give you information that either you already knew it or you didn't need to know it strong winds gusting 355 plus miles per hour well there's a story on cowboy state daily that talks about the people who work at ydot and how they keep an eye on the highways And there's a big room filled with all these screens where they can see all sorts of different cameras all over Wyoming, keep track of what's going on, keep information flowing, accidents, bad weather, stuff like that. You know, these guys are pretty busy all day long. But again, my problem has been with specifically with those light-up signs on the interstates. Again, I've yet to see anything that I didn't already know or I needed to know. A lot of times it's icy conditions. I know, I'm driving on it. Windy, I know. I'm driving in it. So that's something that I think should have never been put up. But you know how much of a tightwad I am with the taxpayers' money. And I don't care who's paying for it. Federal government, state, mixture of both, whatever. What a waste that's been. Besides, you get all that information off your phone today. Anyway, all right, you've been waiting for me to play it. Here we go. I mean, of course, we're getting close to Christmas time. Played a couple more times between now and... And Friday. There's a funny fat man in a silly red suit Stuck in the smoke hole of our teepee There's a funny fat man in a silly red suit Stuck in the smoke hole of our teepee Ho, 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 he thinks he's talking to 
thinks he's talking in the end. No, 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 ain't no way we'll let him in. Not no funny fat man in a silly red suit. Stocking the smoke hole of our teepee. Look that up on YouTube. Smoke hole of my teepee is the name of that song. It's Christmas time in California, and the deals are hot. Everything is 100% off. That's right, 100% off. It's all got to go, including the store, your job, and the community. Don't forget to stock up on toilet paper and anything else you needed or wanted, whether you needed it or wanted it or not. Yes, it's the California fire sale. Because California's on fire again. But this time, it's not the forest. It's our cities, downtowns, shopping malls, and neighborhood stores. Now, don't worry, since we've defunded the police, nobody's gonna show up. So get in there and get what you can before the store burns down. Yes, it's the California fire sale. Everything's 100% off. Take advantage now before the store burns down or the businesses move to other states. No refunds or returns. This offer not valid in Wyoming or Texas. Where if you try it here, you will be shot. Got the cold weather moving in across the area. It's almost, well, it's just starting to reach into the Casper area. Temperatures dropping quite a bit, and that means Douglas, too, and slowly moving fast. By the time we get to Cheyenne, it'll be like tonight, by the time we get to Cheyenne. But just moving through and dropping temperatures really fast. So keep with your local radio station to carry this program for details on that. And keep the app with you as well, because that app will keep you informed. Also, your local radio station apps as well. And snow's coming in with that. So we'll... Just a program note, have a show for Thursday and Friday. Monday, though, we're off. That would be the day after Christmas. So we have time to play with our toys. 942, Wake Up Wyoming. On K2 Radio, got something to say? Chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app or call 888-97-WOODS. is the time. Off we go to the ice box to talk to Frank Gambino. Uh, Frank, the snow it is moving closer. The Glenn, cold Glenn, is coming re- into I'm ready. the area. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You're ready. Okay, now. Until this cold front is a swift kick in the rear end. Yes, it'll happen. But right now, yes, it's I'm not. okay. Okay, now, but I have a message to that guy. We've all seen him. Yes. That no matter what the temperature is, he's he walking around on. in shorts. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I know those folks. And yeah. You, you know what? They can survive it. Okay. I'm not then really we're too all good. About yeah, okay. I just every look I get cold looking at that guy. I, I know. Uh, please, I was all snug and feeling nice and warm inside my bundle. Then I saw you walking around in shorts, no matter what the weather is. For the love of God, stop it. You're making the rest of us feel cold. Yeah, and you're making us feel inadequate. Yes. And for my friends, you know, I grew up in Florida, but to all my friends and family in Florida, shut up. Yeah, because they're compl- oh, so cold. We're going to get into the 30s. Shut up! <laughs> I don't want to hear this. I mean, and speaking of walking around in shorts, but as you said, they put on the big heavy coats around this time. Oh, yeah. Ooh, it's going to be in the 30s down there. Now I do understand Florida 30 degree weather. It's a lot more humid, so it does probably feels like zero. Yeah, it does feel bad. But to them. Still, though, I mean, no, nobody is believing that you guys are having a miserable time. 
Because if you walk in the summertime, walk into a lot of houses and buildings, and they have the air conditioner set at 30. <laughs> so I don't want to so hear what's it. the problem here? <laughs> yes, we have an issue. Okay? I really don't want to hear this. Now, there is a website, and it's an app that I like going to, Frank. It's really interesting. It's called Windy. And it shows you what the weather's doing. You don't just have to, you don't just look at a bunch of numbers. It gives you a visual representation on what the winds are doing and what the cold the whole and all that kind of stuff. Action. Yeah. Now, when I look at windy, as far as the wind part, what I've been calling um, below the Mason-Dixon line in Wyoming, the bottom half of Wyoming, below Casper, heavy, heavy winds, really heavy winds. All right. Then I click on, well, show me, and again, it's a, uh, a representation of what's going on. So let's take a look at the temperatures. Okay. We are now getting enveloped, those people in Casper and Douglas and Lusk, in those temperatures, those cold temperatures. Gillette is at minus 19. Sheridan is minus 15. What? Believe it it's or not, though. 19 below in Gillette right yes, now? Believe it or not, the warmer areas are like up in the bighorns. This weather, this cold is so cold that it's actually warmer up above. Yeah, I think that's called inversion. It is called inversion. Frank got See? a meteorological turn right. All righty. Wyoming Cowboys will be in Phoenix tonight to St. Meet St. Mary's in the, in the Jerry Colangelo Basketball Classic. Folks are coming off a stagnant performance in Chicago on Saturday when they lost to Dayton 66-49. So UW needs to tighten the screws really on both ends of the floor. St. Mary's from the West Coast Conference is 9-4. and They've beaten nationally rated San Diego State so far, and they made the NCAA tournament last season as a 5 seed. As a 6.30 star from Phoenix tonight, we'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. And the Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team beat Wichita State on the road last night, 61-56. So they're 7-4 on the year. Grace Ellis chucked in a three-pointer with 105 to play to break a 56-all tie. So that gave UW their first true road win of the year and handed Wichita State their first home loss of the year. Cowgirls watched a 13-point lead evaporate in the second quarter, but this is a quality win. Ellis finished with 12, Quinn Whiteman 13, Allison Ferdy, the Douglas native, had 16 points and an astounding 18 rebounds. UW will play at UNLV a week from tomorrow. In women's junior college basketball, Casper College rated 10th in the nation, improved the 12-2 and with a 70-58 win over Utah State Eastern in Las Vegas yesterday. Selena Arland, Arland had 19 points to lead the way for Casper with Kelly Walsh, Grad Logan Alvar chipping in 13. The T-Birds will take on Salt Lake Community College this afternoon at 2.30 in Vegas. In high school basketball, the Natrona girls team in Vegas for a tournament. The Phillies lost to West Jordan, Utah yesterday 60-59 to after a nice rally when they were down 12. NC will play Desert Hills, Utah, today at 340. And boys high school basketball from over the weekend. First on Friday at the Flaming Gorge Tournament in Sweetwater County. Kelly Walsh over Lyman, 63-42. Natrota lost to Star Valley, 67-43. Pinedale, a winner over Cheyenne South, 75-51. Cheyenne Central before Collins, 75-66 in the Greeley Tournament. Laramie over Greeley West, 76-39. Cheyenne playing in the Windsor Tournament. B. Campbell County, 76-40. Also in boys play on Friday, Glenrock lost to Thermopolis, 70-63. KC lost twice on Friday, 66-55 to Southeast and 79-41 to Lingle. In boys action from Saturday, Kelly Walsh over Westside, Idaho 64-55, Jackson the Trona 42-38, Cheyenne Central over Greeley West 59-30, Laramie lost to Fort Collins 75-56, Cheyenne East a, a, a defeated Del Norte, Colorado 56-46 and lost to Resurrection Christian 75-72 in overtime. That's it in sports. In one hour, one hour where you and I are 
We went from plus 33 to minus 10. Right now? Yes. It took an hour to drop wow. that kind of. So that's uh, Casper, Douglas, you know, and across that line there, yeah. right? And what's actually keeping it on one side is when you take a look at the Laramie Range, Casper Mountain, all the way down to Laramie Peak, it's all on the east side of that. It's actually warmer on top of those mountains. Oh, yeah. Then down below mm-hmm. because of that inversion. But yeah. There you go, Frank. Just amazing to watch this kind of stuff. I see what Don Day does, why he likes doing what he does. All day, every day. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some, yeah, there's some cold weather moving in there. And again, when it gets, if it hasn't gotten to you yet, when it does, it'll be like where I am right now. Within an hour, we went from plus 33 to minus 10. Wow, that's a drop. I'm not going outside. All right, coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake up my arm. Well, it's the holiday.